We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the morning grind. This is Dean uh, stepping in once again for Stevie. Stevie, of course, is busy knocking out his NASCAR content. If you guys want his NASCAR content, you know where to go for that on rotogrinders.com. Uh, today, we're going to do another one of our DFS origin stories. Of course, not a lot of uh, not a lot of the major sports going down just yet. They are around the corner, hypothetically. But uh, you know, we're talking MMA. We're talking golf later on in the week. Uh, hopefully, you guys smashed over the weekend. Uh, that said, we're going to bring in one of the greatest personalities in all of DFS, if I may say so myself. It's uh, it's Paul Arrington. Nobody knows him as Paul Arrington. It's Bob's Light. What's going on, Bob's? Not much. Hanging in there. Bob's, does anybody call you Paul? Maybe family members? Yeah. <laughs> I never I think of you friend. as Paul. I pull up your Twitter and I'm like, that's right. His name is Paul. I forgot. <laughs> How's uh how's life been treating you? I said I pulled up uh, your uh, your Rotor Gunners uh, you know member page here, and uh, you are dabbling to some degree in the NASCAR and streets. You're dabbling a little bit in KBO, it looks like, but uh, of course uh, since then I guess NHL a few months ago. But uh, I dabbled in KBO, played one night opening night, and then watched some of these guys swings, and man, oh, it was boy. it was uh it was tough. <laughs> Plus, then you got to factor in the time; it's just, it's just brutal for me. I'm out here on the West Coast. So the first day I was like, well, 10 o'clock start time PM, I can make that work. And I got all excited about it. Then they didn't release the lineups. And then all these guys have the same name and it's just, <laughs> it, it was rough. And then finally I didn't realize, oh, it's opening day. So that's why it starts at a reasonable time. And I was yeah. Like, I can't do that at 3am. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, wait a second, 10 o'clock. Well, what did this happen? But yeah, opening day was a different time for sure. Uh, otherwise, you're getting it, what is it, 4.30, 5.30, depending on uh, East Coast time. Of course, you're out there on the West Coast, the best coast uh, out there in Cali. Uh, but wait, let's talk about this now since you brought it up because in one of your tweets, I have to go through your Twitter box. And, of course, we're going to go through your DFS origin story and all that. But um, one of your tweets, you always talk about Joey Votto. It drives you nuts, guys like Joey Votto who has, uh, you know, two strikes. You choke up. You want to get, you know, get a single, work a blooper or something like that, make contact. You know, as opposed to striking out, uh, you know, you like the Ricky Bobby style, all or nothing, bang out a homer or nothing. But, uh, yeah, you must have dealt so much of those KBO players. A lot of those guys looking for the Baltimore chops, just kind of slap at the right field. It must have drove you nuts watching them play. Oh, I, I mean, God, it's – it's some of these guys have – I haven't seen such worse swings on TV than <laughs> Little League World Series. But, um, I mean, it was exciting. I know people are having success with it and having fun with it. 
wish I had the opportunity, you know, to to play more of it, but it just didn't work out for me with the time. Yeah, your tweet, uh, I pulled it up right now. Uh, I don't watch many Pirates games for obvious reasons. Just a shout out to Pirates for no particular reason. Uh, this is a few years ago. It kind of dates it. But when did uh, Corey Dickerson start wasting at bats by choking up with two strikes like Joey Votto? You're facing Matt Harvey, swing for the fences, chicks dig the long ball. And, <laughs> yeah, so is Joey Votto one of your least favorite players in baseball because he likes to choke up with a bat with two strikes? No, I just, you know, and I don't have a problem with not wanting to strike out and make contact, you know, but uh, it's just completely altering your swing like that. You know, it's and it just looks ugly too. And so I, I don't know, not a, not a big fan of that approach. But hey, the, those guys are in the bigs, and I'm not. So what do I know? Yeah. So you play baseball when you were younger. I, I know you played high school. You play college ball as well, I believe. Maybe you tell me. Yeah, I played one year of college. Um, actually, ironically, sadly, uh, junior college uh, under Coach Altabelli, the uh, coach that passed away with Kobe Bryant. Um, oh yeah, that's right. He was yeah. my last coach. So yeah, it was a pretty sad situation there, but I uh, ended up getting hurt and wanted to move on and get the real college experience, had good grades. So went well, you went there. to Arizona, Arizona state, right? Didn't you, didn't you go to one of those? I feel like you did. Arizona. Yeah. Which is the one that's notorious for partying? Well, they both are. Um, <laughs> Which one did Gronk go to? He went to U of A. Okay. <laughs> Did you guys cross paths or you're a little bit older? Uh, no, he was, he, his last year there was my first year there. And I think he was injured most of the time. I don't really remember him. I think he, I don't even know if he played. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he was, uh, he had like a side job as a bouncer at this uh, place, this uh, not bar, but it was like this restaurant, uh, this uh, Asian restaurant. Um, so I, you know, talked to him a couple times, but. The restaurant needs a bouncer? Yeah, it was one of those places where you go for sake bombs at, you know, later in the evening. Uh, so I guess they, I don't know, needed to card people before going in. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not aware of a restaurant eating a bouncer, but uh, I, I suppose, sure, why not? Were, were his brothers lurking around there too? Would you? I mean, I don't know how big the campus is. Maybe you, you would kind of wander into these guys. Was, was Gronk, Gronk then or was not really? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he was popular because everyone knew he was going to go to the NFL. I don't think anyone really under, uh, anticipate him having as much success, but um, yeah, he was definitely a well-known guy. And I never really, I never partied with him, but, um, or anything, but yeah, he was definitely well-known on campus. What did you hurt? You said you hurt yourself and you couldn't recover from it. It was just a shoulder injury. I didn't ever get to the part where I couldn't recover, but at that point I just made a choice step away. Um, you know, it was my labrum. So could have, probably recovered from it, but a couple years or gotten surgery, but it just, uh, it was at that point where it's time to move on for me. What'd you play? What position? Third base. Hot corner. Look at you. Uh, g- give me, give me your comp. Give me your MLB comp. Uh, I don't know. Definitely not Joey I, I batted left-handed through right-handed. Uh, How does that was, work? Explain that. It was just uh, growing up. My dad said the first time I ever picked up a baseball bat, picked it up left-handed and just kind of came natural to me swing I have the worst right-handed swing can't can't become a switch hitter could never do that it was just uh one of those things it actually is good for you you know it gives you more opportunities because you can play every position and still you know back in the day scouts and everything still like a left-handed bat but um I don't know like I used to say think my comp back in the day that's kind of like Eric Chavez 
because he is a left-hand swing. And he played like third base as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was who, like who was there? Was there a batting stance you emulated when you were younger? Uh, not not necessarily. Um, Todd Helton, maybe. I kind of had a swing like him for a while and then tinkered with it probably too much, uh, you know, throughout my career. But, um, yeah, it's maybe something like a Todd Helton. Are you born and raised in Cali? Yep. We're at in Cali specifically, more or less. At Orange uh, County? The Orange County, yeah. Newport What's it like Beach. growing up in uh, Orange County? It's uh, it's nice, you know. It's I can't complain. Um, a little bit of a bubble, so to speak, uh, in terms socially, but uh, great place to live. And still living out here. Don't ever want to live anywhere else. Does the TV show The OC is it properly encapsul- encapsulate <laughs> what it's like growing up and going to high school? Or- uh, no, <laughs> I don't even really remember that show, but I could probably say no. I didn't watch the OC. I don't know. I don't. I didn't watch it either. But the Beverly Hills 90210, I think that was the OC. Isn't isn't the Beverly Hills the OC? I believe it is. No, it's LA. Way. Oh, okay. I thought, yeah. Okay, OC is more like uh, Anaheim, right? Mm-hmm. All right. By the way, what's up? The NHL starting up again, Boggs, and uh, everybody gets to play except for all the California teams. What's up with that? <laughs> well, they suck. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm kind of glad, you know, it's, they wouldn't, the, the Ducks, that's my team. They would really wouldn't have a chance this year. I like kind of like what they're doing, but um, yeah, it's been a kind of meteoric fall from grace for that team injuries and guys getting older and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's good for them. Hopefully they can win the draft lottery and get a good, good young prospect to come up and kind of maybe change things quicker sooner rather than later. Box, we got 24 teams in the NHL playoffs. Uh, give, I mean, like, you know, NHL is much different than other sports. You're more of an expert than I am, but I can just tell peripherally. And obviously just from last year, we saw Tampa Bay was like one of the greatest seasons of all time. They got swept in the first round. Anything can happen in NHL. You get a hot goalie, it stands on his head and yada, yada, yada. The best teams are knocked out. Uh, give me a live dog. Give me a team. Uh, and t- and I'm not going to try to manipulate you into saying the Panthers, but are the, are the Panthers live by Panthers? They have a shot. Yeah, I mean, they it, it, you hit the nail on the head. It's especially, you know, at this point, you just don't know which team is going to be hot. But kind of like with baseball, you get these teams that do go hot going into the playoffs, and they can make some serious runs. You saw with the Kings when they won their first Stanley Cup way back in the day. They were barely snuck in the playoffs, but they were hot and just rode that all the way to the Cup. But, um, you know, the Panthers, they, they've been kind of on the brink for quite some time. And, you know, it's kind of good that some of these teams that were kind of bubble teams uh, are, you know, now going to be in the playoffs because there was a really tight race in both conferences, even though before the, everything shut down and uh, it would have been a bummer just to say, okay, whoever's in is in, but it's good to see a couple of these teams get a chance to play in and anything can happen from there. I think I saw that uh, Vegas had to pay, like any team that made the playoffs, they had to pay out, you know, with the, with the 22nd team and the 20th team, like, are they going to make the playoffs? Yes, they made the playoffs. Is that what happened there? Can you confirm? I don't that really you know. Um, you know I, that's kind of – I haven't really ventured into prop bets. Haven't been to Vegas since they yeah. outlawed DFS. Um, they used to do it all, go there all the time. Never really did the prop bets, but you would think they would pay it off because technically it's playoffs. But, you know, I lost a bet way back in the day. I think it was when Lady Gaga sang the national anthem. And <laughs> the length of time for how long she sings for? Uh, the particular side I bet on, I got it wrong. I think I was over, 
and they said it was under and i so from then on i just said you know screw these you know sports books i'm not i'm not gonna you know mess around with <laughs> joe west must have been on the clock or something like that holding the clicker and <laughs> he started it too late or he started it too early depending on uh, who's gonna win who's gonna win give me give me the winner as far as the nhl playoffs this year i still like tampa bay um you know the leafs are you know interesting because it, it all comes down to the teams that can stay healthy um, but all these guys, some of them had injuries with Stan Coast. You know, he was kind of banged up. Um, but these guys are supposedly healthy, so you got to like Tampa Bay. Um, they probably they probably were my pick. Can't remember to start the year, but um, they, they're just going to be a force year after year with the the core of guys they have. Uh, Co favorites right now, according to the DK Sportsbook, they're plus six fifty along with Boston. You mentioned Toronto, twenty nine to one. Yeah, it's, like which one of those? You know. Things where if you get you get hot and you can ride your best players and they've got the talent they don't necessarily have depth, but um, I mean Matthews that's one of the young players right yeah they got Matthews they got Marner they got a lot of good guys Nylander, but Tampa Bay it's just uh, they're just they're just a force to be reckoned with they've got they're deep throughout the lineup and they've got some serious studs so and obviously a really good goalie so that's uh, that'd be my pick but. Um, yeah, I wouldn't uh, hesitate to tell anyone just, you know, get, get some value with those guys because anything can happen. We saw it last year. They got bounced from the first round by Columbus. What was uh, – you mentioned in college. What was your major in college? Uh, well, I initially wanted to become a sports agent, so I was going to become law. Uh, uh, so I graduated with a political science degree, but uh, – Quickly soon throughout my college career, I realized that I didn't want to uh, riddle myself with debt. And, you know, you had guys in the sports industry after a couple internships that guys with law degrees uh, were taking unpaid internships. Um, you know, so it was it's a tough industry to break into. Uh, it's kind of a situation where it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. Um, one of those did you watch Jerry Maguire and get inspired? Well, why did you want to be an agent? <laughs> Well, I just always wanted to be involved in sports, whether, you know, obviously as a little kid, you want to grow up and be a stud athlete sure. and play, but uh, sports, it's, it's my hobby and it's my job and always wanted to still be involved in the industry in one capacity. And fortunately, I am now. I would love to uh, to watch you negotiate. I think you'd be the greatest negotiator. <laughs> just, this guy sucks. What are you? <laughs> just tell you what, I'd be having freaking baseball be playing right now if I was in charge of things. Have you been following uh, what's going? On? No, this is airing. Uh, we're recording this on the weekend, so some things may change. This is going to record. This is going to be a uh, up. Uh, you know, for you guys to listen to on Monday. Maybe things will change, but as of right now. Uh, and I've been following it just sort of vaguely because the more I follow it, the more angry I get following exactly. it. Exactly. So yeah, it's a, it just way. makes me annoyed and tilted. And I'm just like, you know, when there's actual news, let me know. But uh, so it, it's billionaires arguing with billionaires. And I see, I, I lean to one side being more at fault, but I, I won't lead you, but you tell me what's your take right now. From what you, uh, well, they're both so wrong. Far. They're both wrong. I mean, I think it's convenient to, you know, blame the owners you know, it's uh, the billionaires and even though a lot of them, you know, it's not, not necessarily fair because it's not like they have a billion dollars just sitting in cash. I mean, it's still, they're not right by no means. I'm not going to defend them, but I mean, at the same yeah. time players, uh, you know, it's just a situation where if there's ever a time to really capitalize and grow the sport and, you know, give the people what 
really what some people need, myself included, uh, it's now and they just still can't, you know, get over, you know, an agreement that they already made. They can't figure out which, you know, what they actually meant by that. So it's just stupid. It really, really pisses me off. Definitely uh, something I'm not happy about. The owners keep making the same offer in different packages, though. So it's just like, okay, you don't want to play 50 games and get 100% of your pay. How about you play 70 games? We'll pay you 70%. So we're playing 20 more games and getting paid essentially the same amount? Uh, like, the, the owners not, not think the players have calculators? Uh, just sort of weird. The whole thing is a mess. And they, you're talking about the people need it. And, you know, again, nobody's going to give them sympathy in, in the current climate in this country right now. Uh, you know, it's like, these are the last people, you know, but of course, you know, some of them still want to play and the owners really, really hard to be sympathetic for, for billionaire owners, obviously. Uh, if you get a loss for one year, maybe that's worth investing in, I don't know, turning off an entire fan base for the next infinite amount of years. You know, it's such a short sighted thought. And, but, you know, again, uh, it's just weird, man. It's just terrible timing. And like the window might've already closed because by the time they finally sign something, you know, you can't just say, okay, we're going to play tomorrow. they got to ramp everything back up. And then, in theory, basketball is around the corner, hockey is around the corner, football is around the corner, and then all of a sudden we don't care about baseball anyway. You come back. So Yeah, and it would have been perfect. You know, it could have been on July 4th, opening day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not perfect, but in these cir- circumstances, perfect. And yeah, just a huge missed opportunity, very disappointing. Um, but, you know, what can you do? Is this the year for the Halos? Uh, your boy Joe Adele's probably coming up. Are you excited about Adele? I'm sure reading yeah, about him. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think he still probably could have used a little bit more time, but no minor leagues now. That's another thing I think could really just wreck the future of some of these kids and prospects and whatnot, mm-hmm. not even getting a chance to get sea live pitching. Um, but I don't know I'm always high on the Halos, but it's always one of those <laughs> situations where they got to get hot, get hot at the right time. And, you know, they always say, oh, well, pitching sucks. Well, Artie isn't afraid to make that move. He just wants the team to be healthy, and they rarely are in contention by the time midway through the season. So it's uh, if they could get that going, hopefully under Madden, um, I'm a big fan of him. Um, uh, things are things are doing all right. I was kind of hoping they signed Cole, but understand why. And I'm glad they were able to get a, get a huge bat in Rendon. Isn't Cole, was he from the West Coast? Is he a California yeah. guy? Yeah, he was Anaheim to Orange Lutheran. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, well, I guess the Yankees have a certain allure, too, and I don't know what – Moreno, like you said, he's always willing to open up the pocketbook. I don't know if uh, it was a money thing or not, but uh, I w- is that the two teams it came down to? I don't really know. I we think there might have been a third, but they, they're definitely interested. Um, it's just I think it was the hang-up on the, the amount of years guaranteed. Um but obviously the Yankees, I think their offer blew everyone away. Hey, is Garrett Cole the guy? Is Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer like former teammates that did not get along? Is that a thing? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know anyone that gets along with Trevor Bauer. Um, he's a dickhead. But uh, <laughs> they, they both went to UCLA. Uh, that's, that's what it is. Okay. All I know. Yeah. So, you know, I, I always thought like, ba- I think Bauer, you know, stay with me in this one. I know he's blocked you on Twitter. He's blocked a lot of people on Twitter. He, he probably said something. <laughs> he's got this quick, uh, the, the quick uh, Twitter block for sure. But he's been great. Like during the, like during the, the stuff he's been saying during, uh, you know, what's going on now, like he's been an interesting voice. I, at least I think so from my perspective. Don't, uh, don't get mad at me. <laughs> yeah, but, fair I, enough. I don't care about what he does off the field. I just think the way he goes about things is, uh, contrary to what most people in baseball do 
Um, he's obviously figured it out, but bouncing around earlier in that career in, in his career as much as he did is no coincidence. Um, he certainly uh, burned some bridges along the way. Uh, by the way, you mentioned the minor leaguers. Those are the guys I feel bad. I feel really bad for. Like those are the ones that who have my sympathy. Those guys make nothing when they're playing. Uh, a lot of them, like certainly some of them sign for a big contract or a big signing, that, signing bonus and all that. But a lot of those guys are making nothing and they're staying in like the foster families essentially, like just adopting them, like, let them hang out and you know a spare room or something like that. And uh, those are the and the, the ushers and the people that work, you know, the parking. And the, those are the ones that I'm most concerned with. The players will be fine. The owners will be fine. Uh, no matter what happens, hopefully we, are, we have our baseball back soon. Uh, I'll jump off my soapbox, but oh, hey, so uh, DFS. Why did you discover DFS? Of course, you're an old school DFS guy. It's probably uh, like how, how far back you go. I think you're 2012, somewhere in that area. You know? something, something like that. It's pretty much from the beginning. It was uh, I don't know how I discovered it. I came across Draft Street. I think it was maybe 2011. Yeah, um, it was middle of summer. I was still in. It was the middle of summer. It was like early on in the year. Right after the semester ended, there's there was something called like a pre-session where you could hammer out a class um, in like a, a month. So I stayed there and I was just in Tucson, you know, not much to do in the middle of summer, Tucson. Um, ah. Came across, yeah, played on Draft Street first night, like put like 10 bucks in and won the first my first GPP and really haven't looked back since. So you were like me, you were kind of, I mean, were you, kind of, you were a student, you were broke at the time more or less? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a little bit later in life, but I was also pretty broke at the time too. And I made the deposit of like a hundred bucks or something like that. But uh, yeah. So your very first night of beginner's luck, uh, did you go by BBP? Like what is, what is 2012 bugs? Like how do you build a team in baseball back then? You probably weren't. Well, I, I, well, I still look at BBP and you <laughs> can debate me about that all any day. Of the I'm week, not going to debate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's uh <laughs> It was uh, hot streaks, um, BVP, uh, and just, well, I just, you know, I still watch baseball, so that's where I think I had a lot of it, my edge early on before advanced. A lot of these advanced metrics started coming out, just really watching and knowing these guys. Um, but yeah, that's that was pretty much the extent. I don't even really remember if I was looking at weather back in the day at that time. <laughs> um, well, the Marine there, you had the factor. You're like the master. I kind of off the course chief meteorologist here at Rotor Grinders, but if anybody knows about the Marine layer or speaks to it, when it comes from a baseball perspective, that's you. Yep. And Santa wins. It's the opposite. Uh, we just got done with Santa wins. It was like 90, 93, 94 degrees. It was pretty hot and miserable. Um, but the Marine layer's back. Uh, it's called June gloom out here in California. What's the move? Describe the marine layer. Like we were joking about it, and some people know what we're talking about, some people don't. But uh, how does that affect baseball sometimes out there on the West Coast? Well, it's just this low cloud. So you're closer to the ocean um, up until about noon, almost every day around this time of year. Uh, it's cloudy. You know, there's a marine layer, and that travels inland towards where these baseball stadiums are. And it, you know, by the later innings, once the nightfall comes, in these stadiums, like Dodger Stadium, Angel Stadium, um, you know Petco Park uh, is another one. Uh, it it affects how far the ball travels. That's why everyone they're re- regarded as pitchers' parks. But during the daytime, when there's offshore winds blowing, that's when those hit those ballparks turn into extreme hitters' parks, um, and it, it kind of shows when you see you watch some of these games. 
Hey, so Angels, do you believe in the, uh, the the Jared Weaver, like, rock pile, hide the ball theory? Was that a thing? Uh, the rock pile, and you know, of course, in Angels Stadium, yeah. like, there was arm angle. You think that's a thing? Well, or it could have for out? him because he was, like, what, 6'10"? He's a big guy, um, yeah, tall guy. Like, but I, I don't really think it – because he did, always had deceptive delivery. That's why he was able to get away with throwing 90, you know, uh, when he was early in his career, uh, obviously, when he was – Towards later, later stages, his career is only barely, <laughs> barely hitting eighty. But um, it was the deception, his delivery, in conjunction with him being six ten, that really made him his ninety mile power fastball like a ninety five. Um, yeah. And when he had command of that, he was able to use his off speed pitches really well, especially his changeup. But that's when he lost his command. That's when things really kind of uh, turned south for him. You're like, what, 15 minutes down the road from the uh, Angels ballpark, more or less? <laughs> With traffic, it takes me an hour. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I would say like 15 miles away. How often, like uh, during the regular season, everything's normal, how often, how many games do you go to a year? Uh, probably like 10. Yeah. 15. Other ballparks you've hit up? Oh, yeah. My dad and I used to go, every year we'd go try and find a new one. Um but my favorite still to this day is uh, uh, 18th or whatever it's called now in San, San Francisco. Fran. Yeah. That's just an awesome ball. place to watch baseball. Yeah. Um, what would your favorite moment at the game, like your favorite, it doesn't have to be baseball, any sport, but your favorite, like I'm at the game, I'm watching something. And it's like the most memorable moment you've ever seen live. When uh, probably when I caught a foul ball, <laughs> uh, no, I can't really think of one. I mean, I've been to Ducks games and playoff games, and those are always exciting. Um, you know, Angels playoff games, but uh, probably the World Series when they, I got to go to one of the games, not the, the game seven, but I think it was game four or five. Um, Tim Salmon hit a home run, and I was up in the club level, and the stadium was rocking, shaking. Yeah, How old was, was you when Tim Salmon at home? You must have been like seven or something. No, uh, I was. I was in height. I was in middle school. Really? Yeah. Oh. Maybe in my head, for some reason, you played like late nine, late nineties, early like aughts. But maybe I'm wrong. I, yeah. I was not a big fan of Tim Salmon. I hated how he played in uh, right field. He does go <laughs> for that sliding catch, never catch it. <laughs> I just like that Salmon and Trout played for the same team. Like you guys have this fish thing going for y'all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you, you didn't bring your glove, right? You weren't one of those guys that brought your glove to the game. You caught it with your hand, I would assume. Yeah, it's on Twitter. I'm sure you have. I can't believe you have. You don't remember that. Maybe I missed this. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was a. It was. It was a big deal to me because I'm one of those people. If you go to watch a game at Angel Stadium or really any of these ballparks in the West Coast, the fans don't catch foul balls and they don't get booed when they don't catch it. <laughs> and so I'm always the one that says, "Catch it." And finally, and it was a it was a re- weird circumstance. I'm standing right behind home plate, and Pujols is up, and he fouls fouls the ball back off the catcher's helmet over okay. the, the 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 protective screen, and it's just coming right for me. And I stood up. I still had a beer in my hand, and just stuck it. And uh, yeah, <laughs> my hand still hurts to this day because <laughs> that ball was spinning so fast. Because <laughs> it just ricocheted off off the catcher's helmet, but um, that was uh, a memorable experience. You didn't spill any of your of your beer, though. I hope no. 
<laughs> well, at a given at a given game, but what's the over under number of beers you knock out? I'm going to set the over under at uh, three and a half. Is that a reasonable number? Is that a bad uh, line? It, it depends. Um, it depends where I'm sitting because if you're sitting in a diamond club right behind home plate where my buddy has uh, season tickets, uh, you can just walk right up. There's no lines. You just walk right in. There's a bar in there and put your tab down and you just you know the bartenders really well and tip them good. So you just go up and you flash two and they'll pour poor team for you right there so i definitely may have been overserved a couple times sitting in that section but uh you know where if i go to the game with my dad we just buy the cheapest tickets possible and we kind of do the standing room only um over by, behind home plate but uh three and a half might be might, might be conservative <laughs> uh, <laughs> it really just depends on how bad the how bad the angels are losing i guess Fair enough. There's a correlation for sure. And, show, and of course, you're doing this responsibly as well. Um, yeah, so the inspiration of your name, Boggs Light, this this is because of Wade Boggs and his drinking tendencies? Is that is that a fair assumption? Yeah, I was just a, I came across a silly blog uh, a long time ago about how Wade, Wade Boggs once drank 64 beers on a cross-country flight. And uh, <laughs> I liked Miller Light, so I just uh, kind of kind of stuck with it. And now everyone knows me as Boggs. Yeah, it's a legend. Like, I've seen so many different numbers. You said 64. I've seen 80 thrown out there. Nobody knows the official number. I believe there was a – was it always sunny, oh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode based off this. Are you aware of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing I think about Wade Boggs is, like, his, his pregame uh, ritual. He would have chicken, I think, every single day. Wasn't that his yeah. thing? Yeah. Did he was a very ritual? superstitious dude. Uh, not really. Um, you know, there was a favorite, you know, pair of socks or whatever that uh, wear or something, but – you know, a wristband, but nothing, nothing that crazy. Let's jump back to DFS. Uh, you won your first night ever playing draft street and you're like, Oh, this is easy. I'm going to win every night. <laughs> and now you're, well, instead of curiosity, you said you won a GBP. What was that like for in like 2012, 2011? Yeah. Like, it was five bucks. bucks and I think I won 200. And there I'm you so go, man. <laughs> you got a bankroll. Let's have some yeah. fun. Uh, eventually I, I presume you learned about FanDuel and DraftKings as well too. Uh, at what point, or I guess you keep playing and uh, you're, you're hammering out you know, night after night, uh, when do you realize, like, hey, I'm pretty good at this and I'm going to take it more seriously and, hey, maybe I'm going to, like, start doing this for a living? It was pretty much right after college when, you know, I'd been playing and having success um, in, in the sports, you know, hockey, baseball, football, those are my bread and butter. Um, and, you know, it was kind of during the middle of the recession, so to speak. Uh, so job market wasn't great and I was having fun doing this and I just kept winning, winning. And then, you know, ultimately, you know, Dan reached out, uh, wanted to see if I want to do a show about hockey and said, why not? And here I am today doing a podcast with you. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, uh, you back in, was it Pepsi right away? Was it, was it, uh, Pepsi Warren? Warren. Yeah. That, that's what you're doing hockey shows with back in the day for sure. Uh, yeah, he used to call you the California kid. What was the inspiration of that? He just kind of made it up on the fly. What was that? That was, that was all him. He, he's, uh, I used to host the shows, which was crazy. And I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible. And I would spend hours just kind of like writing a script, so to speak, just because I'm not, you know, I'm not good on, on my feet. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy how, uh, how things have changed over the years. Yeah. Doing, yeah. Doing hang Google hangouts. Um, <laughs> We got Devin in our ear. Like we had no producer back in the day. Exactly, yeah, it was tough. We had to produce our own shows. We had to, we actually had to hit play and stop and uh, frame our cameras and all that. And 
get our sound right. It probably looks terrible. You probably, I, mean, I assume it's available somewhere on YouTube. We want to flag it. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I haven't gone back and watched them, but yeah, they, uh, they're, they're poor production quality. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but the content, I'm sure your picks were fire back, uh, <laughs> back in the day, I presume. Um, so your first, what was, take me through your first like legit big hit, like a $200, $500. That's great. But when you win, I don't know, 20 K or 30 K or 50 K, what's your first big hit you can remember? What was uh, that spot like? You know, I don't know. It, it's a, that's, I guess it's all relative. What do you think was big? You know, yeah. those back in the day, the hockey tournaments were like 2000. Um, you win a couple of those because the, the, the players, the size of the tournaments weren't that big. Um, but you know, my, my biggest win is definitely in, in baseball. Um, that's probably where actually I know that's all most of my income comes from. So it's definitely baseball, you know, hundred K first, I think went on a really good run a couple of years ago. I think I won two or three of those tournaments. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's an awesome feeling. Yeah. Uh, do you remember anything specific about those? Do you sweat them out? Are you one of those people that looks at you're currently winning or you just kind of like set it, forget it. And you check back in six hours and say, you know, have that one like three second sweat where you're just the, the time it takes to fire up the app. It's like, Oh, wow. Currently winning $110,000. Or are you yeah, I definitely torture myself um, by sweating <laughs> out games on, you know, I'm out here on the West coast. So it's not like I'm staying up till 1am. We're usually about 10, 10 30s when these games are over. So um Definitely swear out, watch the games. Um, try and watch as many as I can, because um, then you can see how these players are, how they're if they're com- they look comfortable at the plate. So I like to watch as many games as I can, but I definitely focus on you know the teams that I have in the running, and uh, definitely I don't like sweating sweating out when I'm hoping for for nothing to happen. That, oh, like, yeah, those the are worst. the worst type type of sweats, <laughs> but you know hoping you're, hoping you're a cheap punt play you know, late night hits a bomb in Oakland, uh, is, is, is what it's all about. Um, especially when it comes to, you know, putting yourself in contention or winning a big tournament. And that's, uh, that's definitely fun. It's part of the experience for me. What's the balance of sweating that out or even just like kind of checking out your lineups on a nightly basis, you know, so often and having a social life and not having your significant other, just like saying, stop looking at your phone every five seconds. Is that a whole, is that a thing? Well, Lauren definitely, uh, she watches more baseball than <laughs> the average person. Okay. But, um, you know, it's for me, there's, there comes a day where I take one day a week off in the season. It's Sunday. Um, or I won't watch a single pitch of baseball unless you know, the angels are on Sunday night baseball or something. Um, and I think that kind of helps you, you know, me at least just kind of take a breath and like recharge focus. the batteries, get ready yeah. for next week, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're engaged, right? I am. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> she, Lauren's delightful, by the way. You, not that you need my endorsement, but two thumbs up. She's delightful. Well, I tell uh, you what, I'm not, uh, she's taken over, completely taken over my office here, turned into a spin studio. I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> That's been the worst part about quarantine. <laughs> yeah. So this is an audio podcast. We're also showing them on YouTube as well. And the box is taking us behind the scenes here. If you want to take a look at a spin, a spin studio behind his, uh, you mean you're actually, I thought for a certain you were actually on the beach. So that's, that's all an illusion, that picture behind you. <laughs> yeah. I guess I can't, compl- I can't, uh, claim that anymore. This is my, my backyard, but, um, <laughs> I thought, you know, you said Lauren's taking over. I thought Sadie, your dog was taking over. Sadie's not taking over as well. Uh, she's, uh, she's definitely happy at Lauren's home, but, um, 
she's she's my helper when I'm working all day. She sits, lays down, nice, peaceful, quiet. It's Lauren's the one that uh, riles her up, gets her all excited. But um, yeah, Sadie's been happy that everyone's home. But uh, Sadie's getting spoiled. That baseball is not back. <laughs> yeah, Sadie is getting uh, extra attention, I presume, over these uh, quarantine days. Yeah. And uh, she's fully grown now, right? I, I was going through yep. your Twitter, and I saw when she was a puppy, and now she's got to be, what, three or so, give or take? Yep. She's probably 85 pounds. Oh, wow. Uh, she still acts like a puppy, though. She's a lap dog for sure. So if you're uh, ever around her, you got to look out because she'll jump on you. When, uh, when you meet people, what, what do you tell them you do? Like they say, well, hey, you know, I'm, what do you do for a living? What do you do? Like, how do you answer that? It's it's actually really, really tough. Uh, and I, I've, you think I would figure it out by now, but it's, I think I give a different answer every single time. It's just kind of <laughs> how the conversation's going. You know, whether or not I think this person knows enough about what I can do to be specific or sometimes I'll just say I just do, you know, fantasy, football, baseball, podcasts beyond your way but uh it it changes depending on the person i'm talking to but i still don't really sorry i just still don't really have a (laughs) defined thing i just tell people what do you tell people yeah i i I usually say have you heard of fanduel or DraftKings? that's usually where i start with yeah and they're like okay yeah oh you work for them i don't work for them i work for a content site that helps you know that kind of go from there and like okay i think i kind of and a lot of times it's just like a nod and smile and it's just because exactly. at some point they just give up and say i kind of sort of know that's enough for me i'll move on but that's what i that's my lead like if you're in a fanduel or DraftKings, yeah okay i kind of do something sort of with that is that exactly. is that legal is that is that for real is that something that like i thought that was a scam <laughs> i'm sure you got that before too it's yeah, like yeah, not really but <laughs> i can see yeah. people not not believing it yeah. So you win a hundred K box, right? You win a hundred K anything extravagant, anything you splurge on, or that's not for you. Not really. I was actually surprised that you had me on this podcast. I'm like the most boring person. Uh, I don't, I don't, I can't remember the last only shirt I buy is if I'm on vacation or something. I don't really shop much. Um, <laughs> I drive a Camry. Uh, doesn't, doesn't get much mileage. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just here at home. So I don't really, spend much things except, you know, things around the house, you know, go to Home Depot. But um, I think the, the best, the probably the most expensive thing I bought was a jacuzzi. There you go. I think is essential. <clears throat> I don't, I don't, I, I don't have a jacuzzi, but that sounds nice. That's especially out there. I guess you have a backyard of some sort. Yeah. There you go. Sweet. Uh, like player's jersey. Sometimes people buy a player's jersey. I don't buy jerseys. It's just not for, I don't know. I feel like I'm too old to buy a jersey. Was it, yeah, was it Jay-Z or somebody said like, you shouldn't, once you're past the age of the person, the jersey you're wearing, you shouldn't be wearing them, I guess. I don't know. There's some sort of theory out there, but it's just not for me. I don't know. It's not that I'm against it. That's what you want to do. Have at it. Enjoy yourself. But I don't know. I don't want to wear a jersey. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you want to either. No, I don't wear, I wear, I don't wear jersey to baseball. I wear a jersey to a hockey game. Uh, yeah. Okay. But, uh, and then, you know, football. Haven't been to a game in years, but maybe I don't room for football. I'm not. I'm not really sure. But I usually just wear a <clears throat> a, sh- a shirt with you know angels on it. Yeah, that works easy enough. Uh, so you know, we had somebody on recently talking about a really bad beat, and I always think of whenever someone mentions DFS bad beats. Uh, and this is maybe like one of the reasons why you popped in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, nobody's got a worse bad beat than Boggs. And we always remember the photo finishes we lose, and the one we kind of win, we kind of sort of forget. It's like, yeah, I won that one. 
Now let's not, let's forget the details. You know, I got lucky in the ninth inning. Who cares? I want it. Big old W. But uh, I think you tell me or walk me through this. I think you have the worst bad beat story that I can remember. One of them. Uh, Matty Laura is going to know one as well too. I've heard his bad beat story is pretty terrible. But uh, football. I think was it for a million dollars? It was walk to, me through it. It was to go to the live final. Um, when I think it was like the first year that FanDuel had a million dollar top prize. <laughs> Um, no guarantee I would have won it, but, uh, it was, it was pretty rough. I'm sure you remember, you could tell it better than I can. Well, all I know, the only details I know is I believe, uh, you were ahead, uh, you were in first place. And of course, so it was back when Monday night football was a part of the slate. Yes. And I had a breeze and Jimmy Graham stack in a qualifier and they were just going off. Uh, I mean, it was awesome game Monday night you know, in the, what is it? The super dome. Dome uh, was rocking. And, yeah. And so they were just going off and all I needed, it came down to the fourth quarter and they had, they're on the last possession and I just needed one more catch from Jimmy Graham and breeze hit him for like a three yard gain or something. And then uh, that gave him the first down and they, the game was essentially over. They, they were going to ice the clock. And then, you know, I remember hopping on rotor grinders and I think, I don't know if I was doing a sweat show or if I was just in the chat and you know, everyone's like congratulating me. And then I started thinking, I was like, well, wait a second. Breeze is going to take a kneel. And when Breeze kneels, he, at the end of the game, he did take like four yards back. And I'm like, does that mean I get negative points for negative uh-huh. rushing yards? And sure shit, I see negative, negative, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, he's going to do it two more times now. Like, this is not good. And then every, it was funny to see the chat that day kind of take a turn for the verse. They were like, oh, no, oh, no. And as I kept going down and down and down, I ended up losing by like 0.01 points or something. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and the thing is, it's not like it was first or second in the tournament. Instead of winning like 50K, you won 30K. This is a qualifier, whereas essentially it's all or nothing, more or less. Like second place, you might have got like a, uh, the home version of the game, like 20 bucks or something like that. But uh yeah, you get the qualifying seat, and second, you basically get like a hundred bucks of your buyback back, and that's just a, uh, that's just a, uh, that's brutal. Of course, you did qualify. You've been the multiple live finals. Do you have any sort of live final event that stands out in your mind, or just sort of like uh, meeting well, people, or any sort of like anecdote? Not really, because I I've generally been terrible in all of them. <laughs> um, I had a pretty good, pretty good. Uh, You're pretty not good clutch, one. bugs. When uh, DraftKings in Denver was my best finish, I think I finished like seventh or eighth. Um, but yeah, the live finals, they're awesome. Um, but it's, it, it's, you know, really good, tough competition. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where not, not get lucky, but put yourself in a good position to get lucky and the players got to come through for you on that particular day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's all it's sample, small sample size. If it doesn't go well, it's, Hey, it's sample size of one, man. We play this out a thousand times. I'm taking it down for sure. But, uh, yeah, uh, I guess. Well, you've been to all the sports or baseball, uh, everything but basketball, probably as far as live finals, right? Yeah, and, and uh, no football either. No, fo- okay, yeah, the one. Yeah, I'm just calling back this terrible story. <laughs> you would have been in theory uh, if it was, you know, a stack correction of point zero zero one or whatever that was. Uh, some of your favorites, Spogs. Favorite, uh, favorite athlete of all time. <sighs> I didn't really think of this. Maybe one as a kid was an adult. Uh, I mean, well, I, I, you know, probably Wayne Gretzky. I don't think anyone, you know, everyone always says, you know, 
Jordan or you know some of the football that I, I really think it's hard for anyone to disagree that no one single-handedly dominated his own sport like Wayne Gretzky did and sure you can say it was a different era whatnot but um yeah he's probably there up at the top what would he do in today's era I don't know was he, I feel like he was kind of skinny wasn't he yeah but you know he was it was it was still an era where well first of all he had Marty McSorley on on his line who was uh probably one of the bigger badasses in the game he was a uh, good protecting right? him yeah but uh at the same time, I don't know what he would do in this game because he was he was ahead of the time. But I, I think the intangibles, like his anticipation, um, he would still be able, you know, be one of the best. That's that was that was definitely one of his, you know, best traits was just in anticipating the play. Um, he wasn't necessarily the fastest or the strongest guy, but his anticipation was the probably his biggest attribute. Who's your favorite angel of all time? <sighs> well, I mean, is it, can I say trout? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, eighty percent of your tweets are just trout missile, trout missile. Former so, yeah. players, I really like Tory Hunter. Um, yeah, he was definitely. I like Hunter there. too. Uh, who, who's your favorite umpire of all time? I don't have a favorite umpire, Dean. You know this. They all tie for last place, and there's only one I respect. <laughs> who's your least favorite umpire of all time? Uh, they're they're all tie for first. <laughs> it's not Joe West. <laughs> He's he's definitely up there, Cowboy Joe, Angel Hernandez. These guys are just awful. So there was a tweet. Uh, I went through your Twitter again. Somebody said, "Quote this tweet with the five things you'd want to immediately fix if you were named the MLB commissioner." Now this is a couple of years ago, to be fair. Uh, the first thing you said was fire every umpire and then fire their replacements. <laughs> so uh, you want to reinstate Pete Rose? You want to you want to forgive Pete Rose? Give, give yeah. me the sales pitch. I don't. I I. I I I think I don't think he bet on his own team, but or against his own team. And you know, if you're betting for your team, I don't think it was that big. Obviously, it is a big deal. Obviously, he made a mistake, <laughs> but you know, he's just he's one of the greatest baseball players of all time, and certainly someone you know any kid would want to model his game after the way he played. Uh, I just think he played the game with so much respect that what he did as a you know a manager. Uh, later in his career, I don't think uh, – I just don't think it's fair that he's not uh, reinstated. I think he's done it, served his time. And, um, you know, it's kind of sad. You see, I seen him in Vegas one time. He's uh, signing autographs, like, in the in the forum shops, right? Yeah. Yeah, and just uh, that that's what he's doing these days. That's, that's what he has been doing. I don't know if he's doing it these days. I don't know if the forum shops are even open. But, yeah, he's, I think he's in, like, in a baseball card shop, like, memorabilia store, just signing autographs, like, so many days a week. That's the yeah. last I've heard of him. Yeah, I, I saw him in the sports book one time, and I was I was I got kind of starstruck. I was, my dad, I walked by him, and I look at my dad and do a double take. I'm like, is that Pete Rose, and he's like, yeah. Uh, I got too afraid to go up and talk to him because I didn't want to bug him. You know, everyone yeah. every day I was asking for autographs, and I think he tells him give me some money or something. But uh, <laughs> he was just sitting there, you know, enjoying Sorry, just watching baseball in the sports book. And I didn't want to bother that, so I, I let him be. He was sweating out his tickets. You know, he bet something. <laughs> Claims he doesn't, but yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, you could argue when he wasn't betting on his team, he was essentially betting against his team. And you can argue he was playing pitchers and putting guys in the bullpen when he, he made decisions based upon. But yeah, uh, I, I would say this in your defense, and like, it's not, we're not going to get into it. Like, it's your opinion. But like, there are some, there are plenty of dirtbags in the MLB Hall of Fame. <laughs> 
we can say that, right? Like, there's definitely, you can certainly go through, if we're going to go based on character, there are some guys where you're like, yeah. Ty okay, Cobb. <laughs> pretty sure Ty Cobb's in the Hall of Fame. Pretty sure he's, he's still the greatest guy. hitter, but yeah, he was a real piece of work. Yeah. Uh, what, Pete Rose, what do you think, uh, what do you think Pete Rose would have thought of like things like launch angle? Because like, he doesn't, he's not a launch angle player. Like, what would you think he would have done in 2020? I don't know. He's he's just scrappy. I don't think he'd really care care much. You know, he was never a really big home run hitter anyway. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't think anyone ever hustled more than him. So I'd say that was just his game. Play harder than you. There's a guy, I mean, like a uh, guy like Ichiro, supposedly Ichiro just destroyed batting practice. He can bang on homers whenever he wanted. Yeah, but, that, but that's a little bit different. I think Ichiro is a bit of a selfish player, to be honest with you. Oh, um, okay. This is an I, interesting take. I had I went to uh, the home run derby when it was the Angel Stadium. I forget what year it was when they had the all-star game there. And all the players got to take BP before it, and they were all just hitting bombs. The, the only person that hit the farthest and at every time a home run was Ichiro. Farthest home runs. Wow. And then he gets in the game and he just, you know, hit these little slap singles. Um, so <laughs> That's selfish to get a slap I, single? <laughs> well, he, I mean, did he ever win a World Series? Well, it's a team effort, you know. I, know, I, I understand, but yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I can't get on board with it. I just, I just didn't like that. I, you, you, you're launching balls and you, can, you can't even try a little bit harder in the game to hit a home run. It's just all about the single. I think he was more concerned. Well, he was about more about, like, knock me in, average. you know. Yeah. But you uh, have the power. There's a difference between not having power. And it is interesting. I would have loved to have seen him like take a season and just say, I'm just going to bang on a bunch of homers and just see how that plays out. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm curious how it would have worked. He was on a team with A-Rod and Randy Johnson, I believe, like in the late 90s, early 2000s. Is that right? Does that sound correct? Am I making that up? The, with the Yankees? No, no, uh, the Mariners. Wasn't he with Mariners and A-Rod and Randy Johnson? Wasn't he on the yeah, – that's, that's tough because, it, yeah, it was that kind of – I think it was like right after. Okay. Um, I could be wrong. I think Griffey might have still been – yeah, I'm not quite I'm not sure, sure about just yet. Yeah, I'm, for, I'm forgetting. But uh, I, I know that Mar- the Mariners did make a run, I think, in the late 90s. Yeah. Where they had a Definitely really – Once once Randy Johnson could, you know, locate his pitches, he became <laughs> you know, those forced birds. to be reckoned with. Yeah. Yeah, Randy Johnson was amazing. Oh. Um, yeah, I've just got the flashback. Remember Randy Johnson versus John Crook in the All-Star game? I assume oh, you yeah. saw that. Yeah. John Crook seems like the kind of guy you, you'd enjoy watching. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's funny. Um, I, I tell you what, though, I do the same thing. Uh, I was a left-handed batter. I could, I wouldn't be able to touch Randy Johnson. I was same. Afraid for my, afraid for my life. <laughs> Just struck me out. I was a lefty as well too, and I hated facing left-handers. Uh, I didn't play baseball in college, but just did the same sort of premise of like a lefty. And it's sort of this weird thing, Boggs. Like when I make DFS lineups, I know it's so dumb. Like, in, and it really has nothing to do with me. But, like, in my head, I'm like, man, I hate it against lefties. I can't roster a lefty against a lefty. And, of course, you know, it's just it's a stupid thing because also that pitcher's not going to pitch the entire game. And I'm bearing the lead. These are professional hitters. I was just some schmuck with a bat in my hand at 15 years old. That You know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's one of those things I, I finally, like, okay, I can play a lefty versus lefties in tournaments. Like, that's okay to embrace. Uh, for baseball, embrace the embrace the variance. Let's give a little baseball advice out. Sure, you you would agree with that, I assume, when making baseball DFS lineups. Uh, to some degree, I mean, I usually watch these guys uh, and watch their hacks against left-handed pitchers. And some, you know, it's it's pretty evident that I wouldn't really want to pit roster this guy against a lefty. Um, same can be said for righties, but um, 
yeah, it's uh, a little bit. Have the uh, have the Dodgers finally figured out uh, that there's have they, have they, do they actually have a contract? And in theory, when the Dodgers play baseball, can you watch Dodger baseball now out there in the West Coast? <laughs> uh, I think they just they just uh, allowed it on on Direct TV, and uh, I just canceled Direct TV. So <laughs> uh, it was a long 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 road for nothing. Unbelievable. Uh, and then of course I got YouTube TV is streaming now. How's that? Um, I, I like it. I've never had real reliable uh, internet, especially Wi-Fi. But once I upgraded that and got that to a place where I'm comfortable with, um, it saves me money. I mean, DirecTV, we're going to go out of business here soon, but it's a, that's a bad company. Um, but I, of course, the, 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 day, the day I signed the contract, or not a contract for YouTube TV, but the day I purchased it, uh, they dropped the angels. <laughs> so oh. I got to figure something out um, because uh, you got to buy the MLB package. And then I think, like, what is it called? Like a VPN where you can change where your location. Like, yeah. And, yeah. And I, I was never like doing that because I was like just sitting down, turning on my TV and watching mm-hmm. a game. I've got a huge TV. Um, I don't like watching it from my iPad or you know, on my computer or anything like that, but um, I'm going to have to figure something out. You can get the apps on your, on your TV. Assuming you have a smart TV. Yeah, and I might sign up for a different app, but yeah, uh, I hated that too. Just like you know, traveling around different cities I've lived in, you're, they have these stupid rules where if you're like 400 miles away from the stadium. Like, how am I blocked out of Cincinnati, living in South Carolina? Like, I can't watch the Reds, and like they want me. Wow, it's just so silly. Like, wouldn't you want people watching the game? I understand you're you don't want anybody like you want to support the cable, you know, you have deals with and all that. But uh, I'm trying yeah, to. Well, buy the, and the worst part was I couldn't watch it unless yeah. I. Unless I signed up specifically for Time Warner Cable, that was what's, what was criminal in my opinion. But uh, yet yeah, uh, they should they should you know relax some of those rules because it's like you said it's you're just trying to watch the game. Well, as I was going through some of your tweets, and I'm not sure if this is like a one time occurrence. Uh, you make 150 lineups by hand sometimes. Yeah, I've what's never that like. <laughs> I mean, it can get grueling. Uh, I usually kind of like if, if there's a big tournament, I'll make around a hundred and I usually only use the optimizers if I'm running out of time. Um, but I've just never been able to get the optimizer to do exactly what I want. And yeah. I know people and, and people certainly can, and some people don't mind, but it just, it, it's one of those things where it bothers me and, and I enjoy making the lineups as well. So that's kind of the fun in it for me, you know, that mental puzzle, but um, no disrespect to people that do use the optimizers. And I obviously rotor runners, they're making some big changes uh, or have made some big changes. And I want, I'm, I'm probably going to try and dive in this year at some point, but uh, I kind of, you know, procrastinate. And when it comes down to getting prep done for an upcoming season, often there's overlap. Um, but this might be a year where I, I tinker with it a little bit. Um, and see, because it would save me so much time. You mentioned YouTube TV. Does that mean you cut the cord? You know, you're just watching things like Netflix and Amazon Prime and uh, Hulu and that kind of stuff. Oh uh, yeah, for the most part, yeah. It was just I had the Direct TV with all the packages, and it just wasn't worth it. You know, especially now. I mean, there's not even any shows on or anything. Nothing really new coming out. So I thought it was a good time to cut the cord, and I guess so to speak, and. Yeah, I've been happy with it so far. 
um, as long as my internet can stay reliable because I hate, I never liked the streaming because I didn't have reliable internet. I mean, there's nothing worse when you're trying to watch a baseball game and you see some spooling going around. Yeah. The way, I mean, yeah, I, I always, the one that tilts me is that I watch uh, a lot on the, the laptop as well too. I kind, of, I kind of put the quad box up and a lot of times I have a side screen and a side monitor and I'm watching four or five games at once, you know, the, the main TV. Uh, but the problem is, and again, world small is filing for this. It's like, I'm also on Twitter and you already see like the RG Twitter, Twitter account tweeting out, uh, tw- tweeting out who homered. And like, it's like a 30 second, like a delay. And it's just kind of like, you know, again, these are <laughs> really small complaints. There's a lot bigger issues going on, but uh, I want to watch the home run live. That's exciting. And it's like, Oh, well, yeah. Home run. Yeah, there it is. 20 seconds later in the next pitch. Did you do that? Sorry, sorry if I ruined that for trout with you. Uh, I, <laughs> you definitely did. <laughs> there's been a few times where I've had trout missile just, dialed up and ready and i could just tell where he swung the balls you know gone just but, quick send uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not even over the fence yet and you've already sent out the tweet no nah, i don't uh, i don't do that i think that would jinx it <laughs> are jinxes real no but <laughs> but hot streaks are real you said hot streaks are real i think so to some degree it's it's all comes down to confidence that's why bvp i think is something you can look at uh, I just know as a former, former player that there were guys I've faced, you know, many times and I yeah. have their number. There are also guys that, you know, I knew when I got up there that yeah, this is probably not going to end well. Um, <laughs> so it was just, a, it's, it's, it's just a mental confidence type aspect. Uh, I certainly don't rely on it as I'm sure you know, but it's something that I think, I think uh, it, it matters to me. Yeah, I mean, look, if there's 10 things you look at, it could be one of the 10 things you look at. But, like, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's in your toolbox, I suppose. And, you know, I, I like to go next level on it when I have time. Of course, you know, time is a huge commodity when making DFS lineups, when doing DFS research. But I like to look at it and say, well, wait a second, this guy is three for 25 against, and that doesn't make any sense. And I like to dig in and see, well, what was his ex But what's his ex velocity? And maybe he's been unlucky. He's always, he's hitting the ball at an average 97 miles an hour off him. He still only has three hits and 25 at bats. If he's hitting a line driver to the third baseman, or like 400 foot outs, okay, I'll take my chances. And, you know, that's next level stuff. And still those samples aren't necessarily huge, but that makes you feel better uh, as opposed to just seeing three for 25, can't roster this guy. (laughs) Do you look at that stuff as well too? Or again, it's just only so much time you have as far as. No, it's it's there and it's, I don't really dwell on it or go back and, you know, try and analyze it, but you know, it's, 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 it's my opinion. Uh, And you you can tell me, all these people can tell me that it doesn't matter, but uh, you know, I, I suited up. I played the game at a high level, and I know that it does. So <laughs> there you go. If you want to name names, say suck it, Cardi. <laughs> By all means. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to rip on Cardi. Uh, <laughs> he, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too talented at uh, pitching, evaluating pitchers, and so he's definitely someone <laughs> that I use for my research for that in that regard. To me, I think what those guys do, and, and I'm somewhere in the middle of this, by the way. I'm just trying to be an agitator just for fun, no particular reason, uh, just kind of taking the other side. But I think a lot of these guys will concede that you are right, uh, 100%. Uh, it's true that some players have an edge for some pitchers and vice versa. Some pitchers can lock down certain players. I think the point they're making is the, the samples are so small, we don't know which is which. We don't know what which player versus which batter is real and which is like just sort of a small sample case. I think that's the case they make. Yeah, Does that sound familiar to you? Uh, sure, but I can tell you, you know, when Paul Goldschmidt was going up against Lincecum, uh, <laughs> he was dialed in at the plate. <laughs> and by the same regard, uh, you know, if uh, Adrian Belche 
was going against Ari Dickey, he could never hit it knuckleball. The worst well, that's, yeah. I've ever seen. well, knuckleball is super specific, but yeah, that's definitely one that for sure is a thing. But I think uh, Mike Redman used to beat up on Tom Glavin, which is a sort of a random one. It's like, why would that happen? But, uh, you know, that's just sort of how that stuff goes. I, I was curious. I was asking about TV and about Netflix and about Hulu. Is there, what does Boggs watch? What, what are you, what's, what's on the DVR? Is there any TV shows you binge watch? Uh, favorite shows of all time? I mean, uh, all time. I, I liked, I liked The Office. Um, yeah, I got into The Sopranos, but that was more just binge watching it. Uh, not, not when it was going on. I was just during college. My yeah. buddy got me onto that. And uh, that's the best show of all time, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, just, you know, not nothing too specific. I mean, obviously uh, there isn't shit out, you know, really these days. Um, I watch Shark Tank. But like I said, I'm I'm pretty boring. <laughs> give me give me your favorite three office cast members. Uh, I like Dwight, <laughs> uh, Stanley. Stanley's great, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, oh, and uh, Creed, Creed, Creed. There you yeah. go. I like it. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty solid. And did you stop watching it? Like everybody says, stop watching it when uh, when Michael leaves. It still it still has its moments. It's not the same, obviously. But the- yeah, it, it definitely it took a turn for the worst. But I still watched it. Yeah. Um, well, you know, what do you, what do you want? They, they gave you like seven good seasons with Michael. I believe. Mm-hmm. What did it go? Nine total, more or less. Yeah. Well, there's enough on there, uh, you can, and you can fire it up anytime you want. I suppose. Uh, your favorite? What kind of music does Bob listen to? You go to concerts, listen to music. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've been getting into country over the years, but um, I've always been a huge classic rock fan. Favorite classic rock band? Uh, there's a lot. Um, really kind of depends. Um, Do you like lineup building music you like to play? No, I, I'm in complete <laughs> silence when I make lineups. Really? Yeah. You like silence? Yeah. I, mean, I don't like distractions, <laughs> but uh, you know, I like Led Zeppelin. The Eagles are up there. Uh, I'm also a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. <laughs> okay. So I don't know what genre that is. but It's um, kind of a, I'm, I was going to say country. It's not country. So it was he was a failed country music um, artist. So <laughs> it's got some elements in there. He's but, like his own genre, Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, feels like. I think he's he just his I own. Think he's too. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't know how to describe him. Uh, so you like you like your motor lights, you like your bog lights. Uh, what, what do you think of this, this, uh, the upstart of Trulies and White oh, Claws. Well, I, this is not for you, right? No, I've never. I won't have one. Uh, <laughs> you won't even try it. Those things. Yeah. No. <laughs> I know Grant Nefer was on this podcast. He was talking about how he likes his Trulies and his White Claws. You're not. I mean, it's just not. You won't even try. I it just see people like get drunk on those things, and they just they're stupid. Uh, <laughs> I think it, it. You know, something's in some chemicals in there that. Uh, just uh, mess with you, but uh, no, I just like my beer. I have a margarita every now and again. Uh, there you go. But uh, call back Jimmy Buffett. Beer. Yeah, wasn't that Jimmy Buffett? Yeah, Margarita Bell, right? That was Buffett, was it not? Yep. Salted rim or no salted rim? You got to go salted rim, right? No, nah, no salt. No salt. All right. Rocks, All right. no salt. Rocks, no salt. <laughs> Do you have a like a really terrible job? Like, what's the worst job you ever had? No, I didn't really. Uh, you know, I had a sales gig for a little while. It wasn't fun. Wasn't good at it. What'd you sell uh, or try to sell? Small business services like you know, accounting and whatnot. It wasn't very fun. It was one of my first jobs out of college and really haven't had that many jobs. Yeah. So, 
that's like uh, one of those deals where fortunately when I was playing baseball, like my parents never made me get a summer job. Um, and then even in college, I was fortunate, you know, didn't really have to work, but um, yeah. I, uh, I appreciate your time, Boggs, but about an hour or so. Don't want to keep you too long. Oh, I did want to get this in. So Boggs, whenever, whenever uh, I, I have somebody coming on, I like to kind of like uh, throw it out to some people and say, Hey, so-and-so is coming on the podcast. Uh, do you have any questions, anything I should ask him specifically? And I actually got a response this time. This is a question from one Eric Crane. Uh, any interest in cock tonight? Coke, Coke, <laughs> Coke, Coke, Coke. I mean Coke. <laughs> uh, and you know what? You, I have to, we, we didn't talk about that on this show. I think you were the one that originally made that clip. You didn't even let me say no. Uh, <laughs> you just left me hanging on that, on that uh, clip of gift or whatever. Uh, that's one of the greatest moments in Roto-Grinders history. And like, I'm saying that if people don't know that context, I don't know, but just sort of leave it out there. Uh, Crane said the wrong name and he mispronounced it. Was it like Billy Koch or Billy Coke? I think it was. Or something well, that was like that. the closer. I think this was like, I think his name was like Michael Coach or something. Yeah, but... <laughs> My definitely, favorite. It was, it was definitely fun. And then he just, just so nonchalant, you know, just asked him. It's like, uh, uh, <laughs> Oh. oh, it's just, it's just wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So there you go. If, if, for those that stuck around for the entire hour and listened to the entire podcast, there you go. Like I asked that one just for Crane specifically. Boggs, anything else you want to get out there and tell the people and uh, let them know about your Twitter? Hey, I mean, if they want to learn about the uh, trout missiles, where do they follow you? <laughs> yeah, at Boggs Light. But uh, yeah, I've, uh, it's not going to be a phone account. Uh, I don't really tweet much. Uh, and, you know, for the people that did stick around, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not that interesting. By the way, Boggs, you were saying, this is great. This is all going to come full circle. It just hit me. We talked about umpires and how you just like umpires so much. Your favorite umpire, at least tied for first, uh, Country Joe West. You know he's a country singer? Have you heard him Have you heard him sing before? You like country yeah, music, so maybe this is where you He can cares run. more about his country uh, than he does uh, his actual job, and he's terrible. He is everything. terrible. <laughs> Boggs, I, I much appreciate your time. The people, you may say you are boring, but I at least I found it was interesting. Well, ask Devin, uh, the producer. He'll tell us in his ear. He'll be honest. He'll be blunt for sure. Uh, thanks, everybody out there for listening. Of course, later on in the week, we're going to have uh, some golf content, some MMA content. We're going to, you know, do some more DFS or- origin stories and things of that sort. to be good times here in the morning grind. He was Boggs. I was Dean. Thanks for listening. We're out of here. Oh!